In this episode of Honest, Hardworking, True, we learn how to play nice with other agencies and measuring your happiness at the 411 building. And we're going to be talking to the team behind Sculpture Milwaukee at Jigsaw, Corey Ampey, Account Supervisor, and Mary Lou Canode, Project Manager for Sculpture Milwaukee. Recorded at Keystone Click, this is Honest, Hardworking, True. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Honest, Hardworking, True. We're here at Keystone Click once again, our loyal partners at Keystone Click. Go to keystoneclick.com for all of your clicking needs. What do they do? They do PPC, SEO, search engine optimization. I don't, <laughs> clicking needs, I think. <laughs> I don't, I don't their overall tagline. <laughs> We're here at Keystone Click once again with Corey Ampey, account supervisor and content lead for Jigsaw, and Mary Lou Canode, project manager for Sculpture Milwaukee. Mike, let's welcome them to the studio. Ladies, thank you for joining us. Yes. Happy to be here. Glad to be here. So we're here to talk about Sculpture Milwaukee. Um, I, you know, as many of you probably saw kind of the amazing sculptures up and down Wisconsin Avenue this summer and through early fall. Am I correct on that? Um, yes, it kicked off June 1st and the sculptures were, were in place on the avenue through October 22nd. So let's talk about the original vision. What is the goal of Sculpture Milwaukee? Well, it was to use art to bring more people downtown. It was to bring world-class artwork to a city that already has a lot of sculpture in town, but it was to really focus attention to Wisconsin Avenue and really to stitch the two halves of the avenue together, east and west, but also to give people a pretty exciting experience. And then to really gather together a bunch of partners to do programming and performances and all kinds of fun things. So it was really a a pretty big idea, I would say. And we really wanted to make all the art and the culture that surrounded it accessible to everyone. So you don't have to be a multimillionaire who's going to go into a gallery and buy something to actually interact and enjoy these sculptures that you can't just see all in one place, in one, you know, in one spot, especially downtown on Wisconsin Avenue. Yeah, and and there are initiatives that are bringing public art to the outdoors. I mean, there's public art all over the place. Like sure. for thousands of years, people make monuments outdoors. But this was very specific. It was bringing together multiple generations of artists to show the different ways in which artists have made artwork. Um, the, a lot of the work had to do with the urban environment. You know, we're used to sculpture now in these bucolic sculpture parks out in nature, and that's a really nice experience. This is right down in the middle of it. This is on the sidewalk. This is in your way. And there's something nice about public art in your way. So, you, you know, you said you're, you're new to Milwaukee. How did you get involved with the project? Well, I, I did live here. Um, I used to work at Innova, and I moved back for a lot of personal and professional reasons. But um, an artist friend, Michelle Grabner, recommended I speak to Russell Bowman, who is the founding art advisor for Sculpture Milwaukee. And we met, and he said, well, Mary Lou, I think I could, ha- I could use your help doing this, but I end up doing this and this and this and this and this. Just because, you know, that's my, I'm pushy, I'm nosy, and I end up just doing a lot of stuff sure. to help stitch the, the teams together in a way that makes sense and supports them. Yeah, I guess, can you can expand on that a little bit more? I think people, um, you know, have an idea of what a project manager does from kind of an agency standpoint, but, you know, what was some of your roles and tasks that you had on this project? Well, uh, Russell specifically asked me if I would be the registrar for the artwork, which means when things show up, you look at it really closely to make sure that, you know, if there's any damage over time that we can say, okay, there's bird poop on top of that. Let's clean that off. Um, What's the lowest amount of (laughs) damage 
What would you consider to be the lowest amount that you've nitpicked about? Well, I mean, it's, you know, you can't control bird poop right, right. when you're outside. You know, just dust, but sometimes sure. the rain washes it off. So, you know, we, we have such great partnership uh, with the Milwaukee Downtown Inc. It's part of the Bid 21 district, and they really were the central key partners for cleaning, security, maintenance, interpretation, on-the-street guidance for people generally. So um, I did a lot of um, getting information to the engineers who had to do actually stamp drawings to make sure the works wouldn't blow over. Um, or mm. could be stolen. Or collapse the sidewalk. Or collapse the sidewalk, yeah. <laughs> also, tangible difference between working in a park and working in an urban environment. And then just feeding information to the Corey's team, to the gradient team, just to make sure everybody had the information they needed to do their jobs. So it was really just about passing information around. I'm imagining, like, uh, car commercials with the crash test dummies and, like, the uh, wind tunnels to see if, like, these sculptures are going to fall over and all these different kinds of tests. You think that was in the budget? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it should be. This is art we're talking about here. Well, and that's the engineer's job, too, that we Mm. had engineered drawings for most of the work. But it's, well, that's great if you can put it on a grassy knoll and then hide the infrastructure with dirt. But Mm. if you're on a sidewalk, then you have to actually build up a little platform around it. And then what do you need to do to protect certain kinds of interactions, like skateboarders, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a really great learning curve. I think the, the vortex is a pretty cool story. You should m- maybe talk about that a little bit. And speaking of wind tunnels, because... Oh, <laughs> the, the, so we borrowed a piece by an artist named St. Clair Semin, who's Brazilian but lived in New York and Paris and sort of all over the world. And he did a piece called Vortex, and it looked like a giant upside-down screw. Although I, I heard people were calling it the unicorn, because yeah, it looked I mean, like a yeah, giant right. unicorn. And so it was this very large screw, and the engineers had us put 1,500 pounds of sand on the inside of it before it was set, it's two parts, um, just to make sure that it couldn't wiggle or you know move yeah. or anything. And I heard from the artist when he was in town that the piece was up during Hurricane Sandy without 1,500 pounds of sand in it. Yeah. And it didn't oh, wow. move. Wow. It didn't move because the wind just went boop, 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 up like that around the vortex. Sure. So, you know, I mean, it's really interesting. We maximize the safety for the public and for the artwork itself. Right. So, Corey, how... Uh how did Jigsaw get involved, and what was your role in this so, project? So, uh, Jigsaw is the agency of record for Visit Milwaukee, and um, v- Visit's been known of Steve's vision and dream for this project since the, the get-go. And they right away signed up and said, we want to support this and help market it as one of our awesome assets of the city. Um, and they asked if I would come on board and just help, and kind of how wherever they help was needed. Um, at that time, I don't think we really knew what how big this would get and how we all were kind of all in and what would be involved. But it eventually, it just kind of organically grew where um, Visit's role as a sponsor kind of branched out and also became another opportunity for Jigsaw to become a sponsor as well. So sometimes I was sort of wearing my Visit hat and sometimes I was wearing my uh, Jigsaw hat. Um, which is kind of fun. Um, all in, there were about a hundred volunteers on all the committees, and I will tell you that um, just in my past work experience, that any kind of project that's driven by consensus or committee usually gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yes. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those projects. I like someone to take charge and be mm-hmm. the boss. And um, so I don't know if I would have signed up. <laughs> I know that that's how it was structured, but you know what? It ended up. 
really kind of awesome. And we had three different agencies we who didn't know each other just jumping in with this super small timeline, super small budget, kind of zero budget. And we all had to work together and get along and like work off the same page and make sure that we were supporting each other. And people were just awesome. Like we, everyone would just, you know, if you're at a meeting and there was a need, someone would jump in and take care of it. What other agencies are we giving kudos to? So, yes, we definitely need to give kudos to Gradient Creative. They mm-hmm. did the website and they designed and built the app, which actually just won an award, a Silver uh, W3 award. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. They just announced that last week. Um, and then Ellenson Brady uh, did some of the creative and then they were they took charge with all of the local public relations. Um, and then Visit Milwaukee, they're not an, an agency, but they um, served as project manager on the marketing side, and then they did all the national PR. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Visit, sorry, Jigsaw, see, I get them confused sometimes because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I work for both. Um, Jigsaw did strategy, we did a lot of creative, and we did a lot of media planning, and then I was just kind of there for a lot of meetings. <laughs> I think we needed three agencies to work on yeah. this. Yeah. It was a lot of yeah. it was a lot of work. And it was kinda of cool how everybody just sort of fell into um like I said, like Gradient wasn't at that first meeting. And Steve Marcus, you know, we're like, well, you know, I could build you a website but I, I can't do it for nothing probably. Like right. it's gonna take time and resources and Steve Marcus is like you know, I own a website agency. A website what? agency. <laughs> and he's like, they might be able to do this for me. I'm like, I think they could do this for you. I and hope that I, they can do it for you. They, oh my gosh, <laughs> did they? And man, oh man, they never. They were awesome because, like, yeah. like everything I like, I could have said, can you build me a 3D hologram tour? Yeah. And I need it in three days. And they wouldn't even roll their eyes at me. They were just like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We got it, Corey. Steve said. Steve said. It was like crazy. Did huh? you get to witness him calling his own agency to see if they could make a website? <laughs> no, I wish I would Do you guys do websites? <laughs> <laughs> just called. Why when you guys? <laughs> yes. No? yes, Mr. Yes, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Could you build me a website? Yeah. <laughs> saying abracadabra. Right. That's what I do. Yeah, like how did you guys coordinate such a thing where there's was there like a physical home base or was there a lot of uh people Skyping, um, if you will. Well, luckily a lot of us, like Gradient and Jigsaw and Visit, are all connected by Skywalk, so there oh. were a lot of impromptu meetings at the Stone Creek at Grand Avenue. I <laughs> 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 should give them a shout out because yeah. they hosted a lot of meetings for us. Nice. So then, now that you kind of have the foundations in place, how does this stuff all kind of come together? How does the artwork get selected? How many pieces? Where are they going to go? How does all that logistics um, you know, start to take fruition? Well, that, that's sort of where I uh, kind of stepped in. I was really more on the logistics team, but I'm nosy, so I would keep showing up at Corey's <laughs> um, meetings because they were so much fun. But um, the again, Russell Bowman was the one who researched and picked the artwork. Um, for 2018, he's ha- asked me to help him do a bit of that as well, just talk to another range of dealers that I know. So um, we're going to be uh, talking about this in about two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, the preliminary list of artists that we've identified. So you're talking about some of these big names, these big artists that you had included, which would probably turn heads of art lovers. Um, Not everyone in Milwaukee is an art enthusiast. How do you market a campaign of high-minded sculpture and artwork to everyone? So that's an excellent question because that was the very first thing that we had to kind of grapple with. We needed two creative briefs because the art world, who are potential buyers, definitely an audience, but much, much smaller than the general public. And 
Um, Steve Marcus's vision, he wants to sell sculptures, but what he really wants is to see schools going on field trips and involving students in the entire process. He wants to bring this to kind of give, gift it to everyone in the Milwaukee community, including tourists that come to visit here um, for free. And that, that's a completely different message um, than, like you said, like someone who actually procures very expensive pieces of sculpture. So we had two different um, creative briefs, but we also had such a small budget, it's not like we could put like a million dollars over here and a million dollars over here and just go for it. Um, I often said for both sides, I, the one common bond between the two, I always said I want either the art buyer or the general public, I want them to feel like they got the golden ticket, like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. And that was kind of like the the little thing that we tried to stick with. So actually our colors ended up being black and white and gold and we kind of went with that. And that could be turned into a stately manner of, you know, the Willy Wonka mansion and how Willy Wonka was like this elite person, but also there's Charlie and Charlie's coming to the chocolate factory. It was super dorky and everyone always made fun of me for it. But. I just want you guys to know that an honest, hardworking, true, we're against culture reference shaming. And <laughs> that's you. why we have Thank Corey's you. back on this one. <laughs> Thank you. Since episode two. I'm not going to <laughs> <laughs> get sued. So... Let's kind of talk about the initial kind of kickoff and the launch kind of party. Um, you, know, you guys had kind of a media event, press conference down outside of kind of water in Wisconsin. Um, what was that day like knowing that you kind of almost crossed the finish line and kind of get the, got this thing up and off the ground? It was a really fun day, I mm-hmm. will say. Like, yeah. even though it was crazy, it was mm-hmm. fun. And it was really fun to see... Mr. Marcus up on stage. It was actually his birthday that day, oh. uh, which was really sweet. And he just, he's the kind of guy when he smiles, like his whole face smiles. And <laughs> he had the biggest smile on his face like the entire time. And that made it feel pretty good. Yeah. How did your husband, Jeremy, congratulate you for your job well done on this project? <laughs> I don't think he did yet. <laughs> <laughs> Because the job's not over? Um, oh, he's yeah. waiting. Is that the excuse? Well, he got to go to the opening night party. Yeah. And we also took a trolley tour. So that was fun. We just sort of celebrated together that way. Okay. Why is there a story? I don't know. No, I'm just wondering. Oh, okay. He's treating you right. right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's fully supportive. He had, <laughs> he had to babysit a lot. Or not babysit, oh, but, you know, take the kids a lot when I was running around doing all this crazy stuff. So totally. I kind of owe him. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Somebody gets On a record. special yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bought him a sculpture. Oh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to fit on our shortwood lot, but we'll see. Was it the cone? It was, yeah. Just one, though. I couldn't afford it. Oh, of course. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. He doesn't expect more than one. Yeah. yeah. I've seen him pairing that mod pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly why. Um, so, you know, th- this had a very kind of interactive um, component to it. So, what were some of the kind of the feedback, the thoughts that you got from people that kind of explored the, the sculptures on both sides of the avenue and, you know, used the hashtag, commented on Facebook? You know, what was some of that reaction like? We got awesome um, user engagement on social. Um, and I don't want this to sound like a reporting meeting for an agency, <laughs> but like it, it was really fun to see people taking the Samine, for example, and lining up their heads so that it was turning them into a human unicorn. Or um, we had a woman make this very long video where she's dancing in the dark with lit up hula hoops in front of a number of the sculptures that was kind of fun um so that's been fun but you know what my favorite 
um, experience has been walking up and down the avenue and just being a fly on the wall. So, like I mentioned, Tom Bamberger went out and did all these shoots, and I went with him a couple times. And I don't know if you've ever met him before. He kind of likes to um, push people to have an opinion on something. (laughs) And so people didn't know who we were. We didn't have any credentials on us or anything aside from his camera. And he would just walk up to a bunch of police officers who were just around and just start questioning them. And it was funny because they just everyone just starts talking about which sculptures they loved the most and which ones they hated, no matter who they were. Mm-hmm. And he really would push people to do that. That was kind of fun to just experience. Um, I also just, our offices are overlooking Wisconsin Avenue. We're right above the Riverside Theater. So I could see out my window a couple of the sculptures, including the cones. Um, and I was walking to a meeting or something one day, and I got to witness two men on the street. One was asking for change. The other one looked like he'd been out there a long time. I, I don't know their circumstance, but they're kind of fixtures on Wisconsin Avenue. They were debating over which sculpture was the best, and that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. They were also really passionate about it. I can't <laughs> repeat any, a lot of the words they were using, sure but it was about the sculptures. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like being, Punk? Is this a joke? <laughs> they were for real, like into it. So that was pretty cool. So just talking to people on the street was fun. Did you include that in your case study? I did not. <laughs> so did you have any favorites of your own? Mm. Any debates in the household on your favorites? Let, let's paint a picture. I too. can't remember yeah. which one Jeremy yeah. liked the most. I think he liked uh, the. I always forget. Is it Big Piney? The horse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Piney was. Uh, you can talk more about it than I can, but it was a very realistic... It looked like it was moving, this horse made out of cast bronze, but it looked like it was constructed out of sticks. You almost had to touch it to verify whether or not it was sticks or bronze. That was near the Fister. I think that was Jeremy's favorite. I really liked an unsung hero of the show. I love the Shapiro. The, mm-hmm. It's just this, the one that got skateboarded on, unfortunately, was on the uh, west side of the Chase Tower... Um, it's a very modern piece. If you could just get a great view, line it up with the view of the river and the river walk, it looks so cool. Um, but no one ever really talked about that one. It's funny, <laughs> and I think it's because it's it is a subtle piece. It's very minimal, but it's actually looking like a guy who's falling from the sky mm-hmm. or coming unmoored from the earth. And we did have some skateboard damage on the base, and so we put up some stanchions, and we took a lot of you know care to make sure that didn't continue to happen as well. I loved, I mean, I loved many of the works, but I think my favorite, in a very perverse way, was the Tony Tassett mood sculpture, the one that had the different colors of faces, like the smiley face, which is the original American emoji when you think about it, mm-hmm. 1963, and it goes from yellow at the very top to purple down below, with like an unhappy mm. face on it too, because. You know, it was right at the 411 building, which is a very, you know, it's sort of, it's a typical business building. Everybody there is working. There's not a lot of play happening in that building. And so I think the piece really animated it and made it really very happy. And I laughed every time I saw that piece. (laughs) And and, um, Tony Tassett was in town for a panel at Myad in October, and he was saying the research is that most people say they're the orange. They're not quite the yellow, they're not super happy with big dopey smiles on their faces, but they're happy enough. And that's actually really kind of nice. That's cool. So let me throw it back on you guys. How did it make you feel after you kind of went through the work and saw it, everything? How did your perception change about Wisconsin Avenue and downtown? Um, I feel like just, especially since I am someone who's walking up and down Wisconsin Avenue all the time, um, it's really expensive for me to move my car, so I just walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I feel like there was a maybe it was just 
in my head, but this isn't anything I can measure. It felt like the energy was so much higher. Like I said, I just walked down the street and I'm hustling to a meeting or something has nothing to do with sculpture walking. And I can hear people talking about the sculptures. Mm. That was really fun for me. You're like, yeah, this is having an impact on me. This impact is measurable. (laughs) Like the dopey, happy yellow smile. (laughs) The the origin of that yellow smile, that was, we, we found that in Forrest Gump, didn't we? It was explored. I don't know. If you <laughs> I think that's the actual that. origin story in Forrest Gump of the smiley face. I, I thought that came from smoking pot in California. Oh, okay. One of the other. And I, and I have to say that uh, when I when I used to live here, I lived in Shorewood, and I didn't really have much reason to come downtown. It wasn't this. I think the city has changed tremendously. I think my sense is a ten a tangible change in the way the city thinks about itself, and the arts have been a really central part of that, and it really in some ways comes, I mean, if we can say like a real pivot point was with the Calatrava building, mm-hmm. where that became, you know, it was the arts people paying money for it. And I know there was a lot of sort of lamenting in the arts community, oh, that's going to take a lot of money out of the community for other arts organizations. And now it's the icon for the city. And so the city now has proclaimed itself to be sort of the beneficiary of the largesse of all the donors in town who really find that the arts are not just for elitists. And when you think about Steve Marcus has given his own resources, his energy, his passion, so we can all enjoy this for nothing. I mean, this is sort of what I love very much about the arts, you know, that you can really get something really kind of meaningful out of it. But I spent a lot of time on Wisconsin Avenue in a way I've never in my entire life. It was really fun to see all the new restaurants and all the new shops and all the places to go into. It's changed a great deal. And I, I know that, um, you know, Steve and, and Beth Wirick and the Bid District want to see that growth continue. Um, I was just thinking of the, the, the Robert Indiana question. <laughs> And how talk to, about that. Uh, well, like, and then I was trying to think of sports. And oh. like, should we get Should we get into rapid fire and fix it, fit it in there? Yeah, we can do that if you want to kick it off. Let me, okay, yeah. we have a segment called Rapid Fire where you're not prepared at all, <laughs> and neither are we because we didn't write down any questions. But you, 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 rapid fire. And somehow these never are rapid answers. <laughs> I edit them to make them sound rapid. So let's kick it off right away with a question about. What was that you were saying? Uh, are there going to be any sports-related <laughs> sculptures, installations next year? Primarily, is there going to be any dedicated to former Buck Glenn Robinson? Mm-hmm. Um, here's your answer, Rabbit. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> that could be no. <laughs> Can you do it where the sports figure's face looks nothing like the sculpture? Because that's always so funny to me when they oh, do that's it. Oh, that's good. Like the damn thing doesn't even look like Scotty Pippen. Maybe we can turn the mood sculpture, keep it, and turn it into a giant bobblehead. The first sculpture slash bobblehead. Oh, I think that's an amazing idea. I think it is an amazing idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or a giant snow dome. I would love a giant mm. snow oh, dome. That's a, great idea. That's be really a really fun. fun idea. But you know, that's really funny what you say about sports figures and not resembling the actual sports oh. figure. That's a that's an issue of the art the artist's skill set. Um, I think that if or we sense look, of humor or sense of humor, <laughs> but you know, like they're not being paid to be funny because that's actually a living person or, or maybe a recently passed person. Yeah. So 
Um, I'm kind of curious to see what the Bucks Arena does with their call to artists to submit, you know, sports-related artwork for acquisition for the um, stadium. And typically, a lot of the newer stadiums are commissioning really big names right. to do very big projects for a lot of money. Um, and so, I actually commend the Bucks for thinking about bringing in people from the area who maybe love the Bucks and go to games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, I'm kind of curious to see how that works out. Mm-hmm. So, you talked about the Riverwalk and this uh, year's project and how it sort of cast a spotlight on it. Who donated the uh, what was it, Arthur Fonzarelli? Uh, he's the Bron- the Bron- longer than the this, no, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's so interesting because in a way, um, I think if the Fonz was the only new sculpture downtown in the absence of Sculpture Milwaukee, it'd be kind of depressing because that, I mean, that's from the 50s. I mean, have we not? I mean, this is one of my complaints about arts on NPR is we talk about the most contemporary politics and history and war and food, you know, everything contemporary. And then we talk about Renoir. Late 19th century painter. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, really art is of the moment. Artists are thinking about the world that they live in, too. And so I'm okay with the Fonz now because we had these really great works of Sculpture Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can make a suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) More Henry Winkler. (laughs) I I would say that we should probably have then Laverne and Shirley next. I mean, Mm -hmm. if it's really... And that 70s show was set in... Wisconsin. Yeah. So if we're going to be populating our streets with, you know, famous shows set in Wisconsin, why right. not? What, yeah. al- what else is Wisconsin famous for? Serial killers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's further <laughs> up Wisconsin <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> not that far. Not that far, but further up Wisconsin Avenue. Please transition. <laughs> now, I want to see how you get out of this one, right? <laughs> Next episode, we'll have a new host. <laughs> What were your favorite sculptures yeah. in Sculpture Milwaukee? Turn the tables on you guys. Oh, okay. Can you guys, I'm going to edit this out, but can you like feed me an answer because I don't remember it. <laughs> what they're called. I'm sorry. What was your favorite nickname of the sculptures yeah. for Sculpture Milwaukee? Favorite nickname? Well, I mean, there was the unicorn, which we now, oh. we know exactly which piece that is. There is an unfortunate nickname given to one of the Uh-oh. sculptures, but I can't talk about it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sure you can. Just, it was in a Milwaukee record article. That's all I'll say. Tyler. <laughs> it gave me a really good laugh, but is it a is it a the anatomical thing or I can't say. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming from Tyler. <laughs> we're not in. We're not in. It was very smart, but very off color. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, in a way, you can't control what people think about artwork when you put it outside. So right. you know, if there's a certain kind of association one person has with the Tony Tassett mood sculpture, that's kind of funny but you just don't repeat it to anybody under the age of 18. Yeah. 45 in this case. Yeah, maybe, maybe, or ever, really. Well, that's what Reggie said. He said, you know, someone was talking to him about his art and whether or not the intent came across, his intent in the piece came across to the buyer and the guy told him, who cares? It's not right? for you to decide Absolutely. what the uh, the viewer thinks or interprets your art to be. You just shut up. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Yeah, and no one's really wrong, I guess. Yeah. I think people are always afraid to speak about art because they're afraid that they're going to say something stupid or it's going to be a wrong interpretation. And I don't think that it, that's something I personally learned through this project. It. There is no wrong. I can like the Shapiro, yeah. <laughs> even though no one's talking about that. And it can yeah. mean something to me that wasn't intended, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, I think that 
maybe art people who are trained in the art maybe already have some keys to interpreting oh that's that Shapiro and I've seen other Shapiros and there's a sort of a parallel that they can show but the general public we're always exposed to language we don't know anything about like a car. I don't know how to fix my car, so I'm really trusting my mechanic. Does the car run or not? So, you know, in a way, it's just on the continuum of human life. People people are surrounded by creative acts every moment of every day. I don't know why they think art sits outside of that. People are looking at designed furniture and clothes and their, you know, their visual environment. And all advertising. The, and advertising. <laughs> So that, you know, I think we've done maybe not a great job of demonstrating the connection between an object, a visual object, and everything else that exists in your world. And I think that that's something that public art has been able to breach that gap between sort of things people doing music at home and like make little crafts projects at home and then the things they see around them. Because everybody does have that, you know, some sense of you know, touch and creation, um, and how can we make that more, uh, a more direct connection, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's as fine a way to wrap it up as ever. <laughs> Good way to, way to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Corey and Mary Lou, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with us here at Keystone Click and talking about Sculpture Milwaukee and your successes. Good luck next year. Thank you. Thanks. And uh, where do we go? Do we go to SculptureMilwaukee.com? To you do. MKE? Don't look at me. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> SculptureMKE.com. There we go. Check it out. And you can still download the app, even though there's no sculptures in there. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to do it. One of these days, you're going to get a notification shot. if you download the app. Yeah. New sculptures. And yeah, no, we're going to have to update yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are we off the air? No, no we're still recording. Oh. We're, we're going to do a little intro, but... Um, they likened the mood sculpture to... Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember if Matt wrote it or Tyler. So that actually was recorded just now. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll people. leave a pause. I'm just checking in on a personal matter. Do you have a baby yet? No. Okay. I mean, I have one. I know. I have one. Oh, oh, you have to get the call during the show. Yeah, that would be so cool. Uh, no, let's <laughs> let's induce the birth. Okay.